Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can go out and lick walls. Right. Okay. Should we do a podcast? Yeah. Let's do a podcast and stop talking about COVID. And welcome to episode 53 of Picky Bastards, the podcast that was once sarcastically called very well produced by famous comedian Tim Heidecker and also told to fuck off by Lucy, uh, Rebecca Taylor of Self Esteem. So there are two main claims to fame so far. So we're doing something right. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm Fran, um, as always, and I'm here with regular Picky Bastards, Matt. How you doing, Matt? Hello, I'm good. Are you ready to have opinions? Um, we'll see. Yeah, okay. And Sam? How's Hello. Sam? I'm good. Okay. Can you promise not to talk about your revision tonight? Yeah, I, I'm not, I won't promise to not talk about it for the rest of my life, but for tonight, you, yeah, okay. I'll be fine. Okay, cool. And we have a guest. We've not had a guest for quite a long time because COVID, lockdowns, all that kind of stuff. Um, we have a picky bastards writer... Lisa Whiteman. How are you doing, Lisa? Hi. Hello from South Wales. And I don't promise oh. not to talk about Eurovision. Ah, okay. <laughs> I promise to try. try my best to ignore it. Um, <laughs> so, Lisa, to introduce you, we're going we're gonna to ask you a few sort of quick-fire questions. Um, okay. I have to remind myself what they are because we used to have guests regularly and we haven't for ages. But the first question, they're all music-related. It's just, what is the first album you ever bought? Okay, so the first album I bought with my own money with, was De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising on oh, set. Fuck off, that's but too the cool. Fir- yeah. well, the first, it, it gets cooler. The first one that was bought for me was Bridge of Spies to Pow. Okay, less cool. Both um, bangers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Would you be less cool? I'm going to be honest and say that I know the name to Pow. <gasps> can you sing some to Pow to me? Oh my God. Yeah, man. I also. No. I also am in the dark with this. I, I, I also Neither of you know who Tapao is. Really? If you tell me the, really? what's the famous song, what's the really famous song, and then I the, might. The, the massive one was China in Your Hands. Oh, of course, I know fo- that song. Followed yeah. by Heart and Soul. Okay, okay. Let's just stick with uh, De La Soul, Maybe. shall we? Yeah. Philistines, <laughs> young Philistines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sam's the youngest of us, and he yeah. knows them. But, um, yeah. I do know the name, but I, I, I know the name. Is that not good I was good six, enough? if that helps. Yeah. No. I mean... <laughs> I, I still love it now I'm old enough to know better. I remember when Sam was first on as a guest, his, yours was Steps, right, Sam? Yeah. And I proudly. think Matt's was Spice Girls. So Hell yeah. Nice. Della nice. Soul is, is doing a pretty good job. Um, oh, to power okay. is... It, yeah. It's downhill from here. Okay, so <laughs> next question then. What's your favourite album of the last 12 months? Right, okay. I'm going to cheat a little bit here because there are quite a few. So okay. the a- absolute favourite in the last 12 months is Devastations by Andrew Hung, previously of Fuck Buttons. But I'm okay. shoehorning in because I think I was originally going to be doing this podcast earlier on in the year. So it would yeah. have been the Night Chances from Baxter Jury. Okay, okay. I have not heard either of them any of the rest of you uh i've listened to that andrew hung uh i quite liked it i quite like fuck one so it was uh 
yeah so, it was a good album I, good album i'm not sure if it was my favorite of the year but it's definitely definitely up there i didn't nice. know that he was in foot buttons um and yeah. i want more because i did i did i do like some of their stuff so i will make sure to listen to it now cool okay so normally at this point we ask what's the best gig you've been to in the last 12 months <laughs> but i'm very okay. aware that you have not been to many gigs <laughs> no. or any gigs in the past 12 months no but you've I got some coming liked- up right I do. I've got a lot coming up. My my last gig actually was December 19, which was the other half of Fuck Buttons, um, Ben Power. Oh, wow. So, okay. that, yeah, yeah, that's going back quite a little bit now, two and a half so, years. So, to be I fair, think. the gig that I saw you at, the Twilight Sad gig, was can't, that's one of your last ones, it must be. That was that just case, before, I, wasn't it? That yeah, was a, yeah. a few a few weeks before. Wow. The, the blank mask gig in Cardiff, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've got loads lined up, all being well. I'm going to touch some wood now. Um, oh, what am I most looking to? forward to? Gaslight Anthem, definitely, was over the moon when that okay. was announced. Nine Inch Nails I've got coming up. Um, wow. And absolutely, well, I've got Pearl Jam, Pixies, Wonder Stuff, which I can't wait for. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously The Cure and Twilight Sad combination, which is a must-do for me. But I would say of nice. all of them, I'm probably most looking forward to Nine Inch Nails. We're going to head down to the Eden Project to see them. I've only oh. ever seen them at festivals before, which, to be fair, I, I'm surprised I remember I went to the festival, <laughs> let alone what I saw at the festival. So, But very much looking forward to that. But I'm not quite sure what it's going to be like watching the band I loved in 1992 when I'm yeah. significantly older than I was in 1992. <laughs> but and hey, also lo- looking forward the to Eden it. projects as well, like in a nine inch nails in a sort of, in that setting is going to be a, a nice sort of juxtaposition really, isn't it? That'd be cool. It, it completely is. It's, it's a just kind of guardian readership with, with closer and the lyrics of closer thrown in the middle of it. I'll try and capture it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay, so final final quick fire question. What's the worst gig you've ever been to? Oh, crikey. Okay, that is a tough one because there's there's plenty there's not one that I would <laughs> say is the the worst, but there's plenty that I've not enjoyed for different reasons. So, okay. Stereophonics, it, this is going to oh Christ, oh, as, as well as the Paul Weller fans, I'm going to be hounded out by the locals now. Um, <laughs> Stereo, Stereophonics at the Millennium Stadium. I think it was in 1999. Absolute garbage. Um I would James, I'd tell you now that I was at that stereophonics gig. So awful. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was like fifteen and I loved it, but um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, maybe 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 I just seen them too. Maybe I just had too much I, of no, them yeah, by that no, point. No, no, they, you know, they're definitely awful. I'm just I, geog- they were my favorite band for a very brief time. But carry I, on. I was and kind of am geographically obliged to go and see them and the mm. Manic Street Preachers whenever they rock up. But I thought that was garbage. Um, I thought that James actually, and it pains me to say this, James at the Royal Albert Hall, um, 2010, that was the day that I fell out of love with the band. It was just one predictable sing-along to sometimes too many for me. It was just like, hey, fucking Jude, over and over (laughs) and over again. And it it was, come on, people, you're in the setting of the Royal Albert Hall. It was beautiful and it's just wasted on the same thing over and over again. Um, But I do, one thing that stands out to me actually was, cast they supported James in again it was the late 90s in Cardiff not the worst gig I've been to but that was probably the worst set I've seen so John Mm. Power miserable as sin and Mm -hmm. from from memory he cracked some gag about sheep to a Cardiff crowd and the band got booed off I I (laughs) vaguely remember some kind of burly 
Valley's Herbert behind me shouting, fuck off, we didn't come to see you kind of thing. So off they went anyway, <laughs> good. Um, but I, I would give an honourable mention to Bullet for My Valentine, early noughties in my emo okay. phase. Not their fault, but my toe got broken by St. John's Ambulance. Um, they, they, <laughs> they're with me. So they, they rushed in. They rushed into the venue to rescue a fallen emo from what was probably the weakest circle of death I've ever seen. Wow. Um, and as they were rushing in, they rolled over my toe. But yeah, it was poor. Those kids would not have survived Fugazi mid 90s at all. Wow. But yeah, I'm beginning to think you won't invite me again. But that was no, there, no, there no, some that's, standout moments. It's fantastic because normally people struggle with that question which is kind of why i throw it in there but you managed to come up with four so i'm, I'm pretty impressed <laughs> and i'm not gonna lie i'm easily disappointed <laughs> yeah <laughs> well Brilliant. they all do sound pretty bad so. yeah yeah definitely definitely well, but for my valentine we're doing all right until saint john's ran over my foot but they're volunteers yeah. so i won't make a song and dance out of it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna make sure that when i i tweet this out i'll 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 tag them in to my tweet yeah. just Thanks. to let saint john's know um get an apology <laughs> <laughs> oh comp oh comp is it too late for comp probably, probably probably right okay well thank you we now know lisa we now know lisa's gig and album history so we're going to move on to talk about the albums we're covering this month so it's a normal episode we're covering four recently released albums we're covering a classic and lisa's going to tell us about an artist or band that she loves um so the recently released albums are wet legs very imaginatively titled wet leg um, Melt My Eyes, See Your Future by Denzel Curry, Gifted by Coffee with a K, Never Let Me Go by Placebo, and the classic is The Doors by The Doors. Um, and then, Lisa, finally, is it Augustine's or Augustine's? How do we, how do we Aug- say it? Augustine's. Augustine's. So Lisa will be telling us why she loves yeah. Augustine's. So let's get started. I have come up with very simple starting questions. And I'll tell you later why. It's not a big story, but you know, normally I try to think about my questions. I didn't really this time, so they're quite simple. <laughs> we're going to go to Lisa first. Lisa, which album made you happy and why? Placebo. Um, Placebo. Lyrically, I think it's quite dark, but it's sound-wise, it's Placebo 101, and that takes me back mm. to my very comfortable chair of mid to late 90s indie rock and tight leather jackets before we had bingo wings in middle age and we can't wear them anymore (laughs) okay and do you how did you find the placebo what did you enjoy it is it is it good placebo it's very good placebo that's it's probably gonna be in my top five of the year um, okay. Although, God, I've, I've come out with that early in the year before and then had to shoehorn some things around. But I'm confident that's going to stay in my top five of this year. I think it's a brilliant album. Okay, okay. Well, I'll jump in with Placebo because um, I feel like me and you were prob- probably the ones who were orig- you know, Placebo fans back in the day. I think Matt might have been as well. Um, okay. But like me, you know, I've got a few years on Matt. Um, Placebo were sort of huge for me back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say their first two albums are like among the albums that define my teenage years. Um, I think I've seen them about 10 times. So I was a big fan. Um, okay. It's more than two decades since they've released anything I really enjoyed though. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't that excited when you chose this release. If I'm, if, okay. Because you, you picked it. I wasn't that excited. I did. But it, it was a pleasant surprise. Like, I think it is actually a reasonably solid 
release. It's got some good songs. Um, I think if we compare it to actually an album that came out a couple of weeks ago uh, by another band that I used to love, Block Party, I think Placebo have done a much better job of the sort of comeback album. Um, okay. I don't know, have you heard the Block Party album, Lisa? No, I haven't yet. I've heard a couple of the singles, but I've not yeah. jumped into the record yet. See, that sounds to me like a parody of Block Party. Whereas Placebo, okay. you know, they do sound like a band that can actually write and perform a song. Like, I particularly like Beautiful James. Um, yeah. I think that's a really good song. It's great to hear Brian Malko still sounding as he does. You know, he can still really sing. He's still a good performer. Um, but I'm going to just, did you, was there any problems with you, with this one for you? Yeah, Lisa? well, you, you know, um, I thought the first one I heard probably was Beautiful James. I think that was the first release that I heard on... Mm. Ooh, six music, probably going back much, much, much earlier in the year, if not late last year. Um, really, really hooked into that. But you know, when when you haven't heard a band or a band hadn't mm. released for some time and then you get the single and you think it's going to be wonderful and then that's basically it. They should have just stopped at the single and you've got 11 tracks yeah. of, of guff, guff to work through. Well, <laughs> beautifully, this wasn't it. So, you know, Forever Chemicals, the opening one, that's a bit of a, filthy statement of intent to open a record mm. with I thought it was absolutely wonderful um happy birthday in the sky which I know has been kind of released as a single and in inverted commas that's kind of heartbreaking um the other two that stand out for me surrounded by spy sad white reggae that would absolutely get me going in an old lady indie disco mm-hmm. um but hugs I think is possibly the weakest on the album um yeah. if that accidentally fell off it would be to to coin the phrase all killer no filler but hugs just and it's got a z on the end as well come on you're oh, 50 yeah, yeah. We didn't need that, did we? <laughs> oh we don't come on now you know it, it just makes me think that brian molko texts the kids and the other half with you know i'll, I'll i'm going to let number two the shops do you want any oh anything oh no get that z off maybe it's the z maybe i would prefer the song if it was an s not a z yeah but definitely a weak link on the record. Yeah. So so for me, the I really like the song The Prodigal. But yeah. if you listen to that song and you listen to one of their old singles, uh, Every You and Every Me, um, mm-hmm. The Prodigal is just Every You and Every Me, like slightly slower, as if the cassette is starting to wear down, like it's playing on an old cassette oh. and it's just... So it sounds exactly the same, um, which was a nice little dose of nostalgia for me and reminded me of a song that I loved back in the day. But that's when I started to sort of think, you know, there are problems with the album. I didn't like Hugs either. Um, okay. And not just because of the Z. You just mentioned Surrounded <laughs> by Spies. I wasn't uh-huh. a big fan of Surrounded by Spies, mainly because he says the phrase, I am surrounded by spies about three million times towards the end of the of the song. It got a little bit okay. annoying. But okay. overall, I did, I did quite like this album more than I thought I was going to. I don't know if it's mostly nostalgia. Have you got anything else you want to say about it, Lisa? Or are you, is that? I, well, I was just going to make a note that Fran, fan of the National, is making a jab about repeating lyrics over and over in the wow. song. So, I um, day, how long it day was, of, was it Day of Our Lord, Friday the 13th of May? I'll just make a note of that one. I wondered um, how long it would be until you bought the National. <laughs> Tick it off your list. I'm done with them now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only couple of bits that I would add to that record, it, Fix Yourself, the closer, I think is absolutely stunning. It's dark. It's angry. It's affirmative. It's I love it. It's everything that I would want and expect from a placebo in 2022. Um, but I, I did catch somebody on Twitter 
referring um, to Beautiful James, actually, which we both kind of said we we mm. loved as, a, as an entry back to placebo. I saw that they somebody referred to it as a bit being a bit Huber stank. And I thought, oh, hang on, John. <laughs> I, I, I felt pity for them. I actually felt pity for them that they could be <laughs> so wrong about something so right. <laughs> so um, I, I, I undernard about whether or not I should socialise what I saw on Twitter, but I'm sticking it out there just in yep. the hope that we can correct them in the best okay. way possible. Fair, fair. Okay. <laughs> right, well, I think as me and you are both probably very nostalgic about um, placebo, I'm going to guess that Sam isn't at all nostalgic well i mean you would be right um what did you think of the album sam i don't think i have ever actively listened to placebo in my life um i've i've not listened to any of their other stuff i don't i just remember his voice like i I, it's so obvious that that is that that that's this band so i would just hear it on things and hear i I'd recognize the voice, but I have no idea what the songs were. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I really didn't like this. Um, I, <laughs> I feel like for me, it just ended up feeling like it just went on and on. Like, I don't know how long it actually is. I don't think it's the longest album long. on the list, but for me, I just, the songs it? just, just blended into each other. It was very samey. I, this sound kind of like all-encompassing sound i just feel like got a bit repetitive for me and um, i'm glad that you picked out that song hugs because that is the worst thing on this whole mm. playlist i i that song is so <laughs> irritating and like a hug, the, he keeps saying a hug is just another way for hiding your face and yeah, no, that's not good. i that's not wanted good. to hit him in the face because it was so frustrating <laughs> And poor Brian. And there was other. There oh, was other, not his beautiful face. There was other, there was other <laughs> songs on it that were equally frustrating and and irritating, and that was what I ended up getting from it. And it just so it was like a combination of being annoying and never ending, and that that did not end well for me. I think I think it didn't help being a couple of albums in on the playlist mm. when I was listening through either. But um, okay, yeah, not for me. But I don't think that's no. a surprise, is it? It isn't a surprise, no. <laughs> um, not at all. Matt? Um, so, yeah, like, I actually liked Placebo quite a lot, and I just thought this was um, not great. I, okay. I I was just like, why Why is this happening? Like, you brought up Block Party. I, I felt exactly the same about this album as I did the Block Party album. Just okay. a little bit of cliche, a little bit of parodying themselves. Um, a bit tired. Like you've already mentioned some of the lyrics, like the I forget which song he keeps repeating the fr- with friends like these who needs enemies. Who and needs like, enemies? That's, yeah, that's oh, people have done that. <laughs> yeah, it's not new or original. It's nothing that exciting, and that could be said for a lot of music, right? But it's just when you're doing it, parodying yourself like this, it just it just was all a bit tired. And that's like one of the things I like most about Placebo, especially that like um, when when they first came out, was they had like a real dark bite to them. This like dark mm. energy mixed mm-hmm. in with this like sad boyness, <laughs> um, and it feels like they've just kind of now they're comfortable and they have no grit, mm. um, and they're trying to refine that. Um, the album, I just quickly checked. The album is an hour long, which I think is, is it. Yeah, it is long. It's That's too long, me, actually. 
yeah it, it drags and i like there are like the op opening few tracks i do like um beautiful james which you've mentioned i actually thought it was funny because i've written down here not huberstank but it sounds like jimmy Eat world who i like um never but, heard a jimmy Eat world song so sorry oh maybe we'll do it do that for a classic sometime but they're, they're not good like good <laughs> <laughs> maybe not then <laughs> but but it, they're very fun uh, but it's it's very like dated and just kind of yeah i don't know cliche so yeah i have a question regarding something you said because uh, it's something that i nearly put in my notes but around the darkness of placebo like back in the day were they dark or were we just young and didn't know anything darker? <laughs> or is, is it just that loads of darker music has come since or, or were placebo just never dark? I mean, Lisa, what's Ooh, your thoughts? That, that's a really interesting question. And I was going there, um, Matt, when you, you mentioned kind of parodying themselves and almost rinse repeat of the placebo mm. of old maybe that's in part why i love it i think i did say it was mm. almost like a, com a comfy chair um yeah. it's a band that I, I loved 25 odd years ago but oh was it was it just that we weren't that dark at that point i'm just trying to think kind of 95 96 i was into slint red house painters so stuff that was far 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 darker than placebo i might not have known it at the time i might not if i kind of acknowledged it as being as dark as it was but mm. i'm not i'm not sure that rings true for me but it definitely struck a chord when you mentioned it so that could well be that could well be the case for many yeah i'm not i'm not sure i think that's it's maybe a bit a bit of everything all of above it's it it feels a little bit diluted but maybe maybe yeah my sense of perspective of what <laughs> proper like emo uh, music is has mm. warped as well um so yeah, yeah. see i think they for that me at the time point. they were dark because the kind of stuff i was listening to was like oasis and stuff like that so okay. placebo were dark but now i, I probably yeah. listen to a lot darker but stuff, have you seen um, have you seen his placebo. mustache and long hair have you not it he just looks like one of d'artagnan's musketeers it's wonderful yeah. <laughs> but he still looks like so young. He doesn't he look 50, like, does he? He still looks... No, he doesn't. He's, he doesn't. he's just turned 50. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I hope I have it a is. tash like that, that when I have turned 50. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on from moustaches to the next question. So, Sam, in my very original next question, which album made you sad and why? Okay. Um, bear with me on this, because this will sound weird. When I say okay, okay, that I I think the coffee album made me feel quite sad because okay, um, it's probably the most outwardly positive, like easygoing, easy to like enjoy, just to have it on album on the playlist. But when I was sat at my desk working from <laughs> home, looking out onto dreary Stockport Bay, looking at the bins outside the window, and I'm sat there, <laughs> and this music's on, and I'm like. I need to be on a beach and I'm mm. not on a beach and I don't have a cocktail with lots of rum in it. Like, why am I here? And there was yeah. this music in the background and I'm meant to be like enjoying it and getting into and just like living life while this is playing. It's the sort of album that you're meant to just have on and then you're just like 
cruising down a street or you're just sort of like surrounded <laughs> by sunlight and like the good times and good drinks and then it's like it just I was just sat at home so that's why it made me feel sad okay, um, okay. basically um yeah I think it's an enjoyable album um it's maybe not a very interesting one I, mm. I don't think we're gonna have that much to talk about it really um I think like a song like shine that kind of it bops along nicely, but mm-hmm. but there's not really any bite there. Um, I think it either needs to like relax into the reggae-ness of, a, mm. of it all, or it needs to kind of subvert it somehow. Because I just think where she's kind of placed herself and she's like the shining light of this genre right now. Um, mm. And this was a huge release, really, like a, for the genre. Yeah. Um, and yet it feels like for me, maybe I'm just kind of this terrible white man that um, just wants everything <laughs> to sound like the things I like. But I just think like the poppier side of things, um, it's a bit more interesting when mm. they kind of use reggae in that way for me. Mm. And and the opposite is true. Like um, it, this sort of just happens and then it's gone. Um, I, th- I think West Indies is quite nice. Um, there's a couple of other songs that are quite nice, but yeah, it's just nice and it was fine. Um, but I don't think we'll really talk about it for that long. No, maybe Matt, what about you? Yeah, I I almost 100% agree with Sam. There's, mm. there's no disagreement. I like. I think that the point you're bringing about like I should be on a beach is this is perfect for if you're on a beach. <laughs> Um, and if you're anywhere else, it's like it's pleasant and it's nice background music, but it's not gonna it's not gonna change your feeling about where you are or what what's going on. It's not gonna yeah. make you feel better or worse, it or get you excited. It's just gonna be inoffensive and like I said, pleasant. Yeah. Um it's it's well made and it's well constructed and it's but it's it is just that sweet and shiny and um, not all that interesting. Um, so I, like I, I kept on like listen when I listened to it, I'd be like, yeah, this is, I like this, this is nice. Um, but I, whenever I was listening to the playlist, I was never excited when it came on. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I was kind of a, a little bit disappointed because I've, I've liked some of their previous stuff quite a lot. And so this was, um, yeah, a step in a direction I wasn't as excited about. For me. My first surprise is that it seems like everyone had heard of this artist before. I I, I really hadn't, but no, what about I you, Lisa? Okay, so no, what did, I, what, I did you enjoy it? The artist. Um, I wasn't offended by it, but I, I would mm. kind of go along with what Sam and Matt have said that it just kind of felt it more so Matt actually kind of bland in parts, mm. and it is interesting Matt, you use the word nice and. I mean, that, that should be a pleasant word, but I think my mum's new shutters are nice. Yeah. You know, wallpaper <laughs> yeah. is nice. It, it just didn't do anything for me. And to the point, actually, where I, I felt a little bit let down, because I think in the opening um, track, I can't remember the name of the opening track, sorry, Fran, but the, she samples Redemption Song. And that, yes. that's a statement of intent. That That's like a, ooh, hello, where are we going here? Well, nowhere, really. It just yeah. kind of went a little bit... <laughs> But it's pleasant. I would kind of have it on in the background if it was, you know, a bit sunny, a bit warmer, we were outside. It would be completely inoffensive and neighbour friendly, but just it didn't really, it didn't go anywhere. And I think for, for me personally, she kind of set some expectations by 
the opening track sampling something as mm-hmm. massive as um, Redemption Song. Yeah. There was a couple of things that irritated me lyrically. Um, I could never tell if she was either referring to herself in the third person or genuinely singing about coffee. And it's a mixture <laughs> of the two. Going, going through the lyrics, it's a genuine mixture of the two. And I, I was just a little okay. bit bloody lost here. Is this coffee K, coffee C? Yeah. Where are we going? Um, and I don't know. I don't know if she's got endorsement deals already, but she should as a result of this record. So I do hope if, <laughs> if any of the good people at Balenciaga are, are listening to this podcast, they definitely need to chuck her and maybe me yeah. a bag or two. That would be really helpful. But um, it, it was just a bit of a letdown. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll pick up sort of where you started as well. To, to start with Redemption Song is very brave um, and very overconfident, I would say. But, but mm-hmm. like, that pissed me off. It really did piss me off. And for a while, I couldn't really get past it because Bob Marley, I'm actually, I've actually just created a Bob Marley playlist for my next Why I Love section on the podcast because, you know, I'm, okay. he's that big an artist for me. Um, so that pissed pissed me off and it took me a while to sort of get over that but I did and I think I actually probably like this a little bit more than you lot did um mainly I think because reggae was like a big part of my childhood um and I never get to hear it anymore so to actually spend a bit of time with some reggae was quite nice and it's kind of a modernized reggae um I like her confidence as a performer um it is really cheery and summery and and Sam's kind of ruined that for me now um sorry because I use I you know (laughs) The one time I've enjoyed a cheery summary album and Sam's just made me think about bins in Stockport. So um, <laughs> what can I say? But yeah, I mean, I like Lonely. I like to pull up. I quite like Lockdown. But I do also agree with you all. Like it, it is totally forgettable. Um, what I've compared it to is like, a, it's like, you know, if you have, a, you have a really good meal and then you have a sort of nice sugary sweet afterwards to sort of cleanse the palate. Like, it's nice, but you're going to forget it totally the next day. And I, I feel like that about this album. It's kind of pleasant, pleasant, nice. All these words that are meant to be nice, but they're not really that great yeah. when you mm-hmm. you put all your work into an album. So I think, um, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to what she does next, I think. Um, but I won't listen to this again. Um, so, yeah, it so sounds like so we're roughly like all. It's like a coffee after oh. dinner. I mean, I fucking hate coffee. So, um, <laughs> oh, not the artist, if you're listening. Uh, the drink. I don't like the drink. And also, yeah, if your name's coffee, you shouldn't sing about coffee. That's just stupid. Um, it just—it really confused me. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't notice that because it would have annoyed me as well. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't notice. So it's all good. Okay, on to my third and final stupid question, Matt. Yeah. Which album left you confused and why? Um, so I, initially I was going to pick Placebo because I was just like, why is this album made? Um, yeah. <laughs> but then I, I changed my mind and it's a sim- similar train of thought is Wet Leg. Um, and okay. Interesting. I, li- I liked this album. Um, yeah. But I remember I've, I've seen like buzz about these guys everywhere. And mm. I remember you put, Fran, you put in the chat that you haven't seen as much buzz about a band since like Arctic Monkeys debut. Just on and, the first line of my notes, man. Yep, so good, good. That's what that's what I like to do, and so that's where my confusion comes in because it's it's really like it's fun, it's enjoyable, it's a little superficial, um. But but I think for this kind of like indie rock genre, like a lot of that is, um. But I just don't get why like what stands these guys out from everyone else. Um. Why why is it 
soaring above all the other acts that because it like indie rock is having a little little like it, it's not taking over again but it's there's a few artists that are like threatening to to be a bit more popular and why is it these guys that are um the ones that have been like chosen to be to that everyone's kind of consolidated behind um mm. That's it. Like I, yeah, I like I said, I really enjoyed the album. I thought it was surprisingly diverse because I'd only like I'd heard all the singles before, and there was an interesting mix of like the slower songs in the actual album. Um, but this, yeah, and the the really catchy singles are really catchy and really like fun to listen to. Um, I don't know. I maybe it's just that it's the trivial nature of everything and their kind of too cool to care attitude is just like a nice antidote to everything going on mm. right now in the world. You don't have to think when you listen to this, um, at least for most of it. Mm. Um, and it's in, kind of interesting to compare to the coffee with like, these guys also did a direct lift of not quite as direct, but they used a David Bowie. Um, oh, come on, it was a blatant ripoff, man. It's blatant yeah. ripoff. Well, it's, it's not, it's, it wasn't, just a sample it they actually played the riff but it was that makes it worse though doesn't it yeah i'd rather they I, sampled it and acknowledged it than like tried to play it as part of sorry you get you're taking all my notes so i'm gonna have to just <laughs> yeah. get involved but it, <laughs> just get involved. like just just don't do it either sample it or just don't do it don't try and play it off as your as part of your own song anyway yeah but i i think it's very representative of just their style it seems like they're like mm -hmm. cribbing bits from here there and everywhere mm -hmm. like every song yeah. sounds like someone different and i kind of like the way that it all sits okay together in an album i haven't mm -hmm. maybe heard someone an artist take so many different parts of like the indie rock and old rock and literally it feels like they're directly copying different artists mm -hmm. <laughs> and their style yeah. but then because it's them they and they're kind of they have their unique delivery it all kind of has a kind of flow throughout um so yeah not mm. not all conquering but enjoyable i think mm. i'm going to jump in because my my matt's already said most of what i had to say so i might as well yeah. just jump in and i know i just sounded very angry for a minute but i'm not that angry about this album like um, I do think it's mad that it's been so hyped. It's been all over the place and they've absolutely smashed it, to be fair to them, like in terms of the amount of sales they've had, the amount of vinyl they shifted is, is kind of yeah. incredible. So for all that hype, I kind of hoped I'd land firmly on one side of the fence. I thought I'd have a really interesting opinion. I'd either like love it and be swept along in all the buzz or I'd want to slag it off and tell everyone they're wrong. But I'm kind of just very in the middle on this album. Like, I enjoy some of it. Um, I really like Wet Dream for instance, even though it's silly, like I, I like it. Um, I feel similarly about other songs like Shays Long and Your Mum and Oh No, they're all ridiculous, but they're fun. But they're all the singles. And for me, I think they're the standout songs and none of them, nothing else reaches the same height. So it's kind of like they, they showed us the best and then dropped a, an album that's kind of filler, a lot of filler and not that exciting. Um, like, and Matt's just talked about the sort of them taking things from everywhere, but they really do. If you listen to Loving You, it, it sounds like a poor attempt to be Angel Olsen. Um, I won't go on about the riff again because I've already done it, but <laughs> that, that annoyed me. Um, and I think they're kind of the indicators of why I am a bit flummoxed by them. Um, they kind of just feel like they're cosplaying other artists to me. 
I don't mean that in too insulting a way because I, I do like them, but what it felt like to me was they're like a tribute band who haven't decided who they're a tribute to yet. It's like they just want to be a tribute band, but they're still choosing which band they're going <laughs> to do. Maybe they're going to do Bowie. Maybe they're going to do Angel Olsen. They don't know yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's fun. I don't begrudge them the success. I have kind of enjoyed listening to it, and they have kind of created a really well-produced, catchy album. Um, but I'm not blown away by it. And I am going to be really annoyed when it ends up winning all the album of the year awards <laughs> at the end of the year. That's going to piss me off. Yeah. And at that point I'll be talking about how overrated it is. But at the minute it was okay. I kind of liked it um, a bit. Sam? Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this a lot, actually. Um, I think I agree with kind of what you, you've both been saying about the kind of variety on it i was quite surprised by that um i'd heard one or two of the singles um and had in my mind what i thought this was going to be and it actually seemed to be a a lot more all over the place in terms of the style that they're going for but yeah Mm. just just like you said matt where where it's there's a very particular way that they perform these songs and i feel like that is the key i think if you don't have that in this I, i do think the album would may may get a bit lost but i actually think as a debut album it works really really well i think it ticks the boxes of this kind of you've got this hype around this group and they've had a couple of couple of big songs this feels like an album you go and tour with like it feels there's enough here to fill a set for your own headline tour and yeah so it 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 I, I quite enjoyed it. I think I think some of it is like insane. Some of the lyrics are just all <laughs> so weird and kind of in a fun way. Um mm. I think Oh No and Shay's Long are probably the best songs. Um I I like I like that it's it's not predictable as well. Um I think the the bands that they, they sort of have been lumped in with, I've been quite surprised that they it, as part of the the indie movement right now mm. i think what they're doing is way more poppy and engaging and kind of uh accessible and it feels mm. like they've been lumped in with some of these more these bands that we've covered on the podcast that i, I don't think that, are at all hate. similar and that the world that aren't for me but definitely mm. you guys love and have a lot there's a lot more under the surface maybe and um, going on like uh, lyrically and emotionally and things like that but here it's like this is an all-out like pop record and i feel like that's why it works because i don't mm. i don't think i think they're wearing their influences on their sleeve i don't think they're hiding the fact that they're doing that riff i think that's the point it's it's yeah. they're having fun and they sound like they're having fun and even even if their delivery is we we're we feel too cool for this i think they're having fun they don't seem like yeah, they're doing yeah. no, it because they're trying to look like they're not having fun, um, which is a weird convoluted way of saying that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I don't know if, again, I will enjoy this when they probably win the Mercury Prize for this and when oh, they win <laughs> all of those other things that like you said, Fran. But for the time we were listening to it, I actually quite enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. Lisa, where did you land? Oh, is this where you call in the bitter old woman to talk about the young band? <laughs> I'll take it. 
Um, yeah. It, I, I didn't hate it as much as I intended to. However, I okay. don't think that was any kind of into some glowing review. Um, oh, okay. Where do I start? I, I'm glad you said that, you know, they're having fun. I'm glad because I don't think this is a career. I don't think we'll be seeing them in 60 years. They're no Rolling yeah. Stones. Um, mm-hmm. And in that way, I, I don't like Chase Long. It, I mean, yes, it's overplayed and it's irritating, but it just reminded me of that kind of rinse, repeat, early to mid noughties, enemy tour, headliner, twang, and whoever it was that did That's Not My Name or whatever they were called. You know, the yeah. one short career, they go back to obscurity. Thank you. They go back to obscurity within a year, probably after a bit of a shafting from the industry that gave them a, a, an award, that type of thing. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm glad that they're having fun because they're going to need a job soon um, after the fun <laughs> has ended. But, you know, I think An- Angelica is a banger. I think that was that was gorgeously floaty, some decent rocky undertones in there. That, that for me was, oh, I was going to say the best on the record. It's probably the only one I like on the record and equally mm-hmm. the only one that I've ever, only song that I've ever heard with lasagna in the lyrics. Um, <laughs> I, I can think right. of one other song with lasagna in the lyrics if, you, if you'd like to no Diggsy's Dinner I, by I Oasis just just to put that in there Diggsy's Dinner by uh, Oasis had the word lasagna mm, in there I've, carry on I've dodged, I've dodged them for nearly 30 years <laughs> and I'll continue well Thank done you do, do dodge that song I, I will absolutely you <laughs> mentioned Wet Dream and I know that was one of the, the singles wasn't it yeah, um, yeah. It, it's just kind of skins nonsense it'll probably be huge at latitude and mm. six form discos and in the background to something on made in chelsea but it's just amateur and immature for me i, I just didn't get it at mm. all it's it's there's nothing clever in that writing for me or nothing clever in the um the lyrics at all but then conversely loving you I think that is a very cleverly written account of some damaging relationships and interactions and broken hearts. And as much as I'm clearly not a fan, um, I don't say this lightly, just the honesty and the the level of humanity in the lyrics of that song actually reminded me of early Frightened Rabbit stuff, kind of Sing the Greys level honesty. Um, Not as personal but certainly as honest and mm. relatable I think at, at yeah. that age kind of casting I don't want to sound like I'm on the the Hovis advert or an old yellow pages advert but <laughs> casting my mind back when I was a lad alas a lad and <laughs> um, when I was a lass in the early 20s etc but it just that song um loving you stood out for me lyrically um the rest of them I mean piece of shit is quite frankly, supermarket, it just kind of passed me back. And I think the by that by that point, towards the latter kind of three, four songs of the record, if there is something good in there, I missed it because I just think the novelty of some sweary songs had completely worn off by that point and it was just very, very, very samey. So good good on them. I, I hope they enjoy however long this lasts um i can't knock them for that but it it, it won't last and you need to get a yeah. proper job in a few years time <laughs> Girls, say that, is, that is something that i really thought while listening to it as well is like i can't imagine what the next wet leg album is and yeah i can't no. imagine them um it feels like and maybe they'll prove us wrong maybe they'll come out with something outstanding but it doesn't feel like it but do do you go sorry do you go from something as as lyrically 
graphic as, as wet leg to kind of sharing the washing up and doing the Aldi shopping run of, on a Saturday because that's where it's going, Flower. You know, <laughs> oh. it, 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 it might start all it might start all sexy and fun, but this is where it's ending up. Um, so I, so I, I don't know. Are they just going to story tell very graphically? experiences mm. as they grow up or are they just going to sack it off and That'd be interesting, um, get, get if they did that, if they carried on like yeah but then i don't know if they're because we're talking about them as if they're really young and i don't know if they are like dead young on this album to well, just beating like the song <laughs> <laughs> they should bloody well know better then <laughs> that's definitely the main quote that's going on twitter um yeah <laughs> Okay. Sam, you were going to say something. Yeah. No, I, I was just going to say, like, the the success has been mm. huge. And I, I yeah. don't mean, like, this, like, hype around them. It's, like, the numbers they did. Like, there's so yeah, many yeah. bands that we're saying are so much bigger than they are. And they couldn't come close to them. Like, I think they sold, like, yeah. 20K vinyl in three days. There's, yeah. like, Arcade Fire didn't do that this week. Like, that kind of level of of popularity i was very mm. surprised so i don't know i what they do next who knows i know you like this album sam do you think it justifies the the big sales do you think it's that good or do you think it's kind of well you don't a bit baffling you, you don't sell things in the first week based on the quality of the record mm. that's that's a fact isn't it because you yeah, buy, yeah, yeah. a lot of people are buying it before they've even heard it and um, yeah. so maybe maybe so i don't know um, I think it's better than a lot of the other stuff that's happening right mm. now, but that's just me. Okay. And one fine. Well, I'm going to say one final thing on well, like, and actually, I'm going to end up sticking up for them a little bit about something you said, Lisa, because um, I actually <laughs> think those, the lyrics to "Wet Dream" are actually cleverer than I thought they were when I first heard them. Because there's some clever stuff there, and I think it is like um, yeah. the stuff around when he talks about when it's just a simple line, but when she sings about "I've got Buffalo '66 on DVD." And when you read into what that lyric comes from, it's actually mm-hmm. that song that there's a either the person who made that film or someone in that film was a very abusive and it's kind of you know, so I think there's some clever stuff in the lyrics that's referencing stuff that on the surface sounds a bit benign and a bit a bit mm-hmm. sort of inane. But even though like I agree with ninety five percent of what you've just said, um I do think that, I do think there's a bit more to the lyrics than maybe meets the eye straight away. I think that some of the lyrics sound very throwaway, but I don't know if they are as throwaway as, as all that. But Admittedly, Fran, it, it's probably the one record, placebo aside, that I would go back to and run yeah. the risk of quite enjoying, but never admit up to it. So that, that's it. You, 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 you will see no tweets from me in a few months' time yeah. saying, actually, not that bad. Um, yeah. I'm, again, I've worked in... in in human resources for quite some time. I'm happy to help them with their CVs and some interviewing skills stuff <laughs> in a few years' time. Um, but but I, I do agree, and I think I, you know, I reference the one song. There is so there are there are yeah. some pockets of very very clever stuff in that. Yeah, it's just often hidden under not so clever stuff. I suppose garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> no, this is what we needed. Um, so we have two albums left to discuss. Uh, Lisa, do you want to talk about? The classic, The Doors, or do you want to talk about Denzel Curry? You can kick us off both, on either both, of those. Both will be really, really quick. So The Doors, <laughs> I know you asked me to choose a classic that I hadn't heard. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
and I never will again. And I, mm. I'm just going to go through my notes here, if I can, almost kind of verbatim. I, the opening line is stoner bollocks, absolute stoner <laughs> bollocks, not for me. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but being 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 fair to the doors, I'm not sure if it's them or the record or my recent experience last year of going on a date with a door fans, which was absolutely door fan, which was absolutely horrific. Um, it was the, the worst date I've ever been on, and <laughs> I, I, it drove me to fatty carbs. I had to go to a McDonald's drive-through and get some mozzarella sticks after it because I was that angry <laughs> at myself for sticking this out. So I, I, I think that they they weren't they weren't starting from the best place with me, but still. Yeah. Uh, and God, you know, even after that, he sent me, this fella sent me a link to the song <laughs> The End weeks oh, wow. after. Weeks after it was oh, apparent wow. that there, there wasn't going to be a second date flower. Um, <laughs> and he sent me, is this the end? Well, yes, anyway. So uh, not not for me, thank you. Good grief. You know, if I was reviewing this album, it would be even shorter than my Cortina's review. And I think I, I, think I tapped out after song three on that Cortina's review going back a couple of years. So not for me. I mean, yes, there's stuff I recognize. Yeah. But I'll let's just let's just pop it in a box and push it up in the attic somewhere and never listen to that ever again. Okay. Not a fan. It's hard no for me. No. Okay. Matt or Sam? Either of you like it? Sure. Yeah. I I thought I I thought this album had a lot of charisma to it. Um, mm. Like coming from us talking about Wet Leg, one of the biggest things about them was they had so much carrot like charisma in the way they were delivering and stuff like that. And I think um, that it's a similar trait shared in this album. It's it's very charismatic, um, very charming and fun throughout. Um, it kind of felt like rambling and just. Like, again, like they were having fun when they were recording um, and, and, and making the music. So I enjoyed that part of it. Um, I like the the use of the organs. I, I like organs quite a lot in music and they aren't used that much. <laughs> okay. So, Fair so I, 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 I quite enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And I also just like the structure, like the song, like uh, Lisa mentioned, The End. Um, I didn't really like the song that much, but like the idea of just having this 10 minute just unraveling of the album as a kind of structural element to with everything else, I, I um, thought was interesting. And um, especially when it had this kind of fuzzy live feel to the entire thing. But that said, I, I think it does, it got a lot of kudos from me just because I knew a lot of the songs. I knew a lot more of the songs than I realized. Um, and it's so it, does get this just bonus when I listen to it because I'm like, oh, I know this already, and I quite like I like it, and so I just yeah, I was like, is this one of the best classics we've done? No, it's definitely not the worst though, um, and there were some uh, aspects of it that I quite enjoyed. So it's okay. yeah, it was good that we listened really to does it. does it does it get worse? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've done some wow. terrible classics. Yeah, I mean. We'll we'll see. Sam, what did you think? I I thought I'd be the only one who liked this at all. Um, I mm. thought all three of you would hate this, like very much. Um, I quite enjoyed the fact that all of the classics I've done on the podcast, I think, have been modern, in the sense of probably like 
80s onwards and it was quite nice to do something that felt like a classic in that in the actual genre tense terms like and kind of you were hearing something that they were doing things that at the time were a bit revolutionary whether they sound that now um probably not but um you can hear the influence that this had on things like the Beatles and things like that, that were going to happen that were happening at the same time that then were pulling elements from this. Um, I, I like how, um, how all over the place some of the songs are like, I, I really, I, I like the way that like Matt said that, that the end kind of does that kind of, it, it's, it's changing throughout the whole song and it's, um, it develops quite a lot and it feels sort of ahead of its time. Um, whether it's like, I'm going to like put this album on, that's uh, besides the point. But <laughs> while it was on, I quite enjoyed the the kind of <laughs> 60s vibe. I was kind of in, I was getting into it. Um, I, I should hate the fact that like, I found myself like singing along to like 20th century Fox. And I'm yeah. like, why? <laughs> like I, this, this, this is, this should be horrendous. Like I should be, I should hate every second of this song. And I was just found myself like, yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying this. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm delusional. Maybe this is the, the path of the dad rock that I'm still on. Um, yeah. And this is the next level. Um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't hate it. Um, I, I quite liked some of it. Um, and I think it was, I'm glad I, I'm glad I listened to it actually. Um, which feels like that's not the same for Lisa, but, um, (laughs) I'm glad I listened to it because it feels like I listened to a piece of, of history, like music history. Like this was an important album. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> like, God forbid! <laughs> Come on, you can if you want, mate. You can buy it. No I'm one, sure there are right. many. Copies Loads of people of have bought it. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure there's lots. Our record store day probably bring it out every year. To be oh, fair, with a different yeah, fucking picture probably. of Jim Morrison. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, is it me? Do I have to talk yes. about the Doors? Um, yes. Okay, so I truly, passionately, strongly despise this album. I hated yes. it from the very bottom of my heart. Um, <laughs> I kind of suspected I wouldn't be a big fan, but the fervor with which I hated this album really took me by surprise. Like, I hate it. Um, I hope I never hear it again. Um, there's a lot of bands from this era that are heralded as the greatest of all time. And I, The Doors are a band that are talked about in that in that vein. Uh, and mm-hmm. like the Velvet Underground and, the, and some of the Beatles stuff from the same time, I just don't get it. It's just so inane. They have nothing to say. And a lot of what they do say is just full on dickish. I mean, if you listen to 20th Century Fox, don't ever sing along to that in public, Sam, because you sound like <laughs> a know, fucking pervert. I know. It's disgusting. And then listen, listen to these lyrics from Backdoor Man, okay? Listen to, because I'm a backdoor man, the men don't know, but the little girls understand. All right, yeah. You eat, you men eat your dinner, eat your pork and beans. I eat more chicken than ever man, any man ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy is heralded as a great songwriter and it just, oh. it just reaffirms to me that people are mental. Um, and, <laughs> and wrong, and wrong. They're wrong. wrong, people are wrong. And even if you put <laughs> the awful lyrics and the boring vocal performance, it's some of the worst music I've ever heard. Like the tinny keys, 
are absolutely oh. horrible. To me, it okay. sounded like they were recording in front of a fairground or a carnival and they forgot to take the background noise out afterwards. It's just awful. Light My Fire, and this is a big thing for me to say, Will Young's version's better. <laughs> this, this version sounds like it's by Mike Flowers Pops. Like, the only song I didn't hate was Break On Through To The Other Side. But that's the opening song, and then I have to listen to an hour of nonsense. And I'm very that sorry, Lisa, tweet. to hear about. I'm very sorry to hear about your experience with the person who sent you the end, because that is just a horrible, whole nonsense of a song. It's the first time they try to be profound, and then they just end up spiralling into absolute nonsense. It was a it's nonsense a tr- of a date from. Hence, I ended yeah. up in a drive-through at well, eleven p.m. Like, it sounds like Wet Leg week. wrote a whole album about that guy. <laughs> um, so you know, he wasn't that excited. But yeah, this is um, just a truly, truly awful album. When I look back at all the classics we've covered, this is probably one that would be considered a classic by the most people, which just, again, okay. I'm going to say one more time, it just reiterates to me that you can't trust people and <laughs> you should never listen to people because it's definitely one of the most annoying classic albums we've covered. I can't think of anything that annoyed me more than this. So yeah, I wasn't a fan. We agree on something, Lisa. I, well, I'm, so. you know, I'm torn between absolute joy that you and I agree on something <laughs> and pride that this is the worst thing that you've ever heard and i bought it yeah. to you yeah <laughs> i i it's it's you know i mean it, it had to be covered at some point it's been on my list of classics i've got a list of classics to at some point bring to the podcast okay. and it's been on the, but every time i thought should I, should I do the doors this time i thought no because i'm gonna hate it um <laughs> so i'm glad you finally picked it because i did hate it and i know now that, and absolutely. i can argue with people who say that the, the doors are good because they're not um, I, I, you know, I, I really heard what you said there that I just don't get it. And I, I feel the yeah. same about the, the Beatles, that era and beyond, actually. I just don't, I don't get okay. the hype around okay. it Thank at you. All. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, we argue oh, about really? music so often, but we it's both know the Beatles are shit. Live on podcast. <laughs> it sounds like this is like a certain period and a certain vibe. You guys don't just oh, don't yeah, jive with yeah. it at all. Me and Matt shit. just should just be in the sixties. This is what yeah. we're, we're getting from this. We, I'm we, gonna grow we, my hair out. We belong back then. You said that you liked the bloody song about. I didn't a say I liked arse. it. I didn't say I liked it. I said I was singing <laughs> along to it. It's unacceptable, Sam. Um, <laughs> but let's move on, shall we? Sam, do you want to kick off Denzel Curry? Yeah, sure. Um, this, without doubt, this is 100% the best thing on this playlist. And I, I feel like I'm probably in the minority to think that. But um, I'm so glad I picked this. And I'm so glad that this was on the list because I do think there was kind of some of the the edge was missing from a lot of the other things that we did um, for me. And um, I really enjoy the production on this album. I think it's really varied. It's really interesting. It's 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 modern trap at points. It's kind of it has quite a lot of like soul samples. It feels it feels like an album that could have been made in a couple of different decades. Um and I think it, it's good for that. You can hear the influence of the artists that Denzel probably was listening to growing up. Um, you can hear influences of of Jay Z and kind of Kanye that that era, as well as the the much more modern stuff, something like X Wing. That's like pure trap music. Mm. Um, I think the song with Slow Tie and um, Zatochi, 
Um, yeah. That's like so layered and spacey. It's like, um, it's it's just really interesting. Um, in that song, there's this like drum and bass moment and it's mm. it just kind of, um, every single thing that on this, that when I was listening to this whole playlist that I would remember and f- remember fondly, nearly everything was on this album. Um, like I loved the fact that T-Pain was on an album in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, I feel like I'm like, 17 again and i'm like listening to like t-pain <laughs> records like it's it i think he really owns every moment i think denzel's he, he really kind of some bits are quite introspective other times it's full of energy he it feels like his album even though there's lots of different guests um yeah i i, I think this was great i think um it's one of the better kind of modern hip-hop albums i think of this year so far um definitely Okay. And you guys are all probably going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll jump in. Um, I had an odd time with this album, really, because my initial feelings were similar to what you're saying. Um, the first couple of times I listened to it, I kind of imagined I'd be a big fan of the album and, and that it would probably turn me into a big fan of him because it has a lot of what I look for in hip-hop. It's got, it's got good stories. It has got that old-school sort of influence that you're talking about, Sam, definitely. Like, it doesn't... To me, it doesn't... It sounds quite old-school which I usually really like. He's got a good flow. There are songs that I do really like. Walking's really good. Um, the beat on Worst Comes to Worst is fantastic. Um, and there are some good songs throughout. Like The Last the last has a really catchy hook. Um, I think Mental's good. I think Troubles is good. I think the features on those songs are fantastic. Um, but yeah, despite all of that, despite my like initial reaction, I never found myself like wanting to come back to it over time. I kind of... Um, I'd get the like odd burst of enthusiasm or I'd read a review and I'd think, oh, I, I must be missing something. I'd go back, but I just find myself getting really bored um, halfway through. Um, so it never commanded my attention. And I, I don't fully know why. I mean, there are some songs that I found a bit of a letdown. I didn't like Ain't No Way, for example. And you mentioned the Slow Tie one. I'm, I'm quite a big Slow Tie fan. Um, I thought they really wasted him on that song. His voice is so low in the mix and I hate that fucking drum and bass beat that's sort of over the top of him mm. i think that really was a shame actually um because that probably would have been my favorite part on the album if i could hear it um but yeah i can't i can't identify why i didn't why it didn't totally grab me i find it i think it's a little bit sluggish and maybe i found it a bit boring um and i think actually i disagree with you sam i, I think there's been some really good hip-hop albums this year and maybe part of the problem is that this just doesn't live up to those for me um I didn't hate it. Uh, I just, I kind of just never got grabbed by it, um, and that's kind of where I, where I landed really. So yeah, Matt or Lisa, who wants to go? Uh, right, Lisa, go. Oh, okay. Um, a, a lot of what I had noted down and reflected on has already been shared, actually, from both Sam okay. and Fran, and it feels like a little bit of a lazy opinion. But this is both modern yet classic hip-hop mm. I, could, I could hear both coming through yeah. in this record um i would agree on worst comes to worst that that was one of the highlights of the record that kind of mm. reminded me of a college dropout era kanye you know him mm. at, at his best um and he, lyrically he also refers to the president as a c-bomb which is sadly yeah. lacking in in uk equivalent so you know there's mm. 
I, I wouldn't say bravery to, to use that that kind of referencing in hip hop isn't brave at all, but it's needed. And I think, you know, there, there are there are people who need to hear it. And, you know, I think that adds some value to it. Um, I noted down that T-Pain, irrespective of the auto-tuning, that, that song, Troubles, is, is beautiful. Um, X-Wing, I think, is the highlight for me. The, the strings that run through that record are just stunning. Um, but what came through is just how clear it was that he's, his background is rooted in poetry. Mm. And that, that came through in his presentation, irrespective of... The, the, the featured artists on the records, um, how some of it, it musically, I, I'm not a big fan of auto-tuning, especially with T-Pain, that thing that's a bit criminal. Um, mm. you, you can tell that that man, his history, his childhood is, is rooted in words and in literature, and that even now shines through in his, in his record. So I'm not sure if it's one that I would go back to, but I was pleasantly surprised at okay. how much I enjoyed it. Great. Always good to hear. So what about you, Matt? Yeah, I, I thought this was great. I'm, I'm going to, like, when we get to the end of the year, I'm going to have to listen to, like, some of these great hip-hop albums next to each other and just, like, figure out what's going on. <laughs> um, it's been a good I year for hip-hop so far. Yeah, it's been really good. Mm. And, like, mm. there's some specific aspects of this. It's, it's just, I think, echoing some of what you guys have said, it's really well-considered. I think for me, the last was a, a really good example of this because mm. um, I like the tone of the whole song, but like in the background, there was sp there's this specific like chiming and um, that was part of the beat and it just felt like mm -hmm. time was running out. Um, and it just kind of is echoing the sentiment of him just trying to survive, him just trying to get by day by day and each, each day could be his last. And this kind of holistic way of approaching the music and each song and each narrative was just, uh, I think, really impressive. Um, I also got really obsessed with Troubles, but mostly because um, I'm pretty sure there's like a Legend of Zelda sample in this. <laughs> or at least that's just my head. I don't know if it, like Sam might be the best Literally person. Literally the geekiest. I didn't geekiest hear it, but comment. I'm going to look for it now. Yeah, so... like... The main, the main, like, like, um, met, like, synthy melody bit in the background just sounded like Link to the Past to me. And I, I googled it, and someone had asked this on the subreddit for Denzel Curry, mm -hmm. and the only response was just a capital N O. <laughs> so, so I'm wow. not the only one confused, but um, I, I could maybe it's just a little bit similar, and maybe my brain stopped working a little bit. But I think the big, biggest thing for me is 14 tracks. Normally for an album of like a hip hop album that kind of there's a bit of bloating and I I, mm. I get really fed up of that. But this didn't drag at all. If and this feels tight, this album. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it feels mm. like every every song warrants being there. Everything has been thought about. Um and so I, I just enjoyed the experience all the way through. I thought it was really, really great. I'm getting annoyed now that I don't like this album because it feels like yeah. I should. It's, I mean not that I don't like it, but I just I feel like everything about it, I should, but I just didn't that much. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised mm. you're not. But yeah, give it some space. I may, I think it mm -hmm. might be partly that I've been totally obsessed with the um, Koji Radical album. And every time I want to listen to hip hop, I was just going to that. And then Denzel just wasn't doing it in the same way. But but 
that's not a really fair judgment, is it? So no. I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> um, okay. Are we all done? Any more comments on Denzel? No. 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 Okay. So let's talk about the playlist. So Lisa, your first playlist on the Picky Basses. What, what did you think of the thing as a whole? Really enjoyed it. Um, I love the, the variety of it. I think there were different levels of crap included, which was really <laughs> healthy. Um, I, I knew as soon as I saw Wet Leg, I thought, oh, God, you're just going to do this old lady spiel, which I'm, I'm tick, VG, very, very well done, Lisa. Um, really loved being a part of it. I loved the, the variety that we had on that playlist. Um, there's mm. some stuff that I hope never to hear again. There's probably some stuff statistically I won't hear again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been... Um, it's been a pleasure, and I haven't sworn as much as I thought I would, actually, but there is still time. time. There's still yeah, time. There worry. is, there is. I don't think I have to ask you which your favourite album was. Is it, is it definitely Placebo from the... Oh, well, if we're not going to include Augustine's in that, then... Yeah, yes, no, we don't. At this yeah, point, yes, we don't placebo. include Augustine's, yeah. Okay. Absolutely Placebo. Okay. Sam, playlist, what do you think? Yeah, I think... Um, I think the Denzel Corey, very, very good. Mm. Everything else... I don't know if it would be a highlight for me. So I, I think for me it was a, it was there was nothing I was like dreading listening to, but there was nothing that I was like super excited to listen to. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't running back to the playlist every time. Um. So yeah, a little bit of a letdown this month. I feel. You're part of a podcast. You have to run back to the list. Well, I know. <laughs> what about you, Matt? <laughs> Um, I, I have a similar feeling to Sam. Like there was um, a lot, a lot I liked. Nothing I like absolutely loved. And the rest is probably Denzel Curry, sh- shortly followed by Wet Leg. Um, but I, I would say the diverse, the, specifically the diversity in the albums, mm-hmm. made it actually really like an enjoyable list as a whole to listen to, because it yeah. was everything was so different. Like there's times where we have a lot of stuff, and I'm just like really have to plow through like two or three hours before I get to something I can at least enjoy a little bit. But this, <laughs> this, this kept me, kept me uh, interested the entire way through. You make being on the podcast sound so pleasurable, mate. You make it sound <laughs> like you absolutely love it. Um, yeah. I mean, funnily, I agree that it was like really varied, but also everything was middle of the road to me, apart from the only one that wasn't middle of the road was the doors, which was, bullshit um <laughs> weirdly my favorite one was if i if i'm honest my favorite was probably wet leg and you, you know i didn't love that so it wasn't my favorite playlist but it certainly wasn't as bad as yeah like you say there was nothing other than the doors that made me want to rip my ears off so that's about as positive as i can be um <laughs> should we talk about lisa tell us about how to first of all remind me how to pronounce it augustine's augustine's and now t- tell us about why you love Augustine's, please. Oh, well, I hope you don't mind that there's a little, probably a little bit of a monologue here. I can no, talk please, that's exactly what this, this part is meant to be. Oh, Augustine's, my band. Um, okay, so surprisingly, actually, for me, they're not an early 90s noise court outfit or a mid-90s indie band fronted by a leather and eyeliner-clad singer cloaked in androgyny. Um, but for, <laughs> there is there is an absolutely solid link between the music that we love and I mean truly love and formative times of our lives so that might be the kind of angsty teenage years um, and some of those markers in adulthood actually where life starts to happen Um, and the first time that I heard Augustine's who were then 
we are Augustines. There's a whole story behind that, which I won't go through with you right now. Um, it was the summer of 2011, um, and the song that I first heard was um, Juarez from the Rise You Sunken Ships record, their first record as um, the band Augustines. And I was really struck by the line, your dad, he's gone, or the line, sorry, um, your dad, he's gone, and I think my daddy's dead, which is kind of powered through by William McCarthy or Bill McCarthy, the singer, all throughout the song with this very kind of minimal band presence. And albeit the song has a completely different context, I had just lost my dad to cancer. And I was just drawn into these words in the, the worst possible way. And I think kind of subconsciously I zoomed, as I zoomed out, I, I felt the drums, I felt the guitar and that kind of subtle melody and this absolutely stunning Joe Cocker-esque husky smokes way too many cigarettes vocalist were present as well and at, at the time as well as just losing my dad I was I was pregnant so everything that year uh, in 2011 to that point had been about the baby and then about dad and this was probably the first album that I had bought in some time basically they didn't sell it in mother care i probably hadn't bought it in 2011 <laughs> um so with risey sunken ships from that opening beat of chapel song right through to this organ and horn driven farewell of the instrumental at the end i was just just hooked um and of course later that year with a new baby i didn't catch them on any of their early uk mm. tours in 2012 but i remember their second record in 2014 being probably the first that I had really waited for in anticipation, just really kind of waited for the release date since James, actually, who I mentioned earlier, far less positively, um, since they <laughs> released Whiplash in 1997. That was the last time wow. that I remember waiting for a record to be delivered or queuing up in a record shop to buy it. So, you know, more, more life got in the way. Later that year, my, my mum then was diagnosed with cancer and I ended a very kind of unhealthy and unpleasant relationship with my daughter's dad. And mm -hmm. on that second record, you've got something like Nothing to Lose But Your Head, which mm. includes the lyrics, have you ever lost someone, screamed Holy Mary down the hall, ever cried against the steering wheel, hated every mirror you ever saw. And that just punches you. It, it, it just... It, it, it was a gut punch because I had cried against a steering wheel. I had wondered just how the fuck I was meant to carry on. And without going into detail, there was a particularly dark point and a dark night actually, during which I, I wasn't sure I could carry on. And mm. I remember leaving the house in the very, very early hours in a little bit of a daze. I had my headphones on. I'm always known for having my headphones on or my earphones in. <laughs> um, and the MP3 player was on and I was, just kind of hit and shuffle and Augustine um, off the first record, Risey Sunken Ships came on. And I was just walking over a bridge that leads into the city centre and every everything that was coming through those earphones was keep your head up, kid. I know you can mm. swim, but you've got to move your legs. And just those words, that time, that place, that just changed everything. So it, it hit me that I had a choice. It wasn't an easy choice, but I, I had a choice to make. And we got out of a, a situation that wasn't healthy for us. And that's mm. probably where the, the hard work began, the change began. And genuinely, and I, I can appreciate just how 
dickish this can sound. Um, I've got Augustine's to thank for that. I've got those words at that time to, to thank for that yeah. change. And it was probably from that point that I spent so much time understanding them and really paying attention mm. to lyrics and discovering Paler, the, the band that Eric and Bill from Augustine's were actually in before they became that band. Um, and hearing their stories in Jesus, that is a life that's lived. And, you know, the, the story of Augustine's, uh, particularly Bill McCarthy, it's been made into a film by um, Todd Howe, who, who used to be in the Boxer Rebellion. And okay. I know I'd recommend anyone watch it, but it just makes sense. And, you know, I much like we hear what's said about Scott Hutchinson's writing, it's relatable yeah. because it's real. These weren't and aren't skinny jeaned young boys in a van <laughs> they were they're grown-ups writing about grown-up stuff that other grown-ups hear and for me find some safety in some solace in and some change from but um you know two years two years later they were done band over 2016 right. it wasn't viable to continue um they just touring just being a band just doesn't pay anywhere near enough for adults to mm. be able to have adults lives with wives and children so you know we don't have time to to explore the detail and perhaps it's it's actually one for a different discussion in the future but in 2016 i lost my favorite band augustine's came to an end um the greatest live band that i've ever seen and i don't say that lightly mm. but I gained a brother in um, Bill McCarthy, so we became really close friends. Oh, wow. A figure of Augustine's, and, and we still are. Um, I see him as, as, as family. Um, we were kind of colleagues for a little while because I supported the release of his first solo record. Oh, okay. I, I advanced a summer of festivals and a European tour for him, and we set up his Patreon venture kind of, almost oh, five years ago, five and a half years ago. And that's the, the kind of main source of support that he gets as an artist now to keep making what so many people love. And, you know, that was a challenging, eye-opening time. It was valuable. I don't think he, he spent a lot of time here in South Wales. <laughs> so it's not, mm. it's not quite often not quite often that you get a Californian rocker playing Shopkins with your <laughs> six-year-old daughter and putting, oh, fucking Californians, putting hot sauce on a fried breakfast. Come on. But, you know, I, 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 I love them hard. I adore him like a brother from another mother. And they will never know and I'm certainly not the only one, but they will never truly understand just the impact some of those words at mm. that time had on me um, and unintentionally the, the kind of decisions that they helped me make. But, you know, I haven't accepted that I, I'll never quite see them again playing live. And, you know, yeah. basically everyone's forgotten about COVID now. COVID, no offence, Fran, maybe only very recently. <laughs> I mean, I've not quite forgotten about it because I'm still testing you, you positive haven't. for it. <laughs> But, you know, we're getting gigs and I, maybe it's time that we get my boys back on a big London stage. Mm. It was, you know, they had a, they had the iTunes indie album of the year 2011. They they were mm. going places, but I think yeah. everything for them happened a little bit later in life where, understandably, their expect, expectations of the industry and of mm. a job, of, of a career was slightly different. But I love them and I bloody well miss them. Well... Can I, wow. can I, if, if, was that, I know you said monologue at the start. Is, can I ask a question about something you said or was the yeah, monologue? Yeah, of course I'm just interested in how you became sort of um, involved in that way. Were you already a big fan 
you, you'd already had those experiences of getting to know the band and then you started to work with him or no, did you get into no. the band because because you know you were working with him and then you got into the band no it was it was really odd I was a fan of the band um okay. and I've, ne- I've never been a, a kind of band lurker I'm not a barrier mm. hanger you know I've had a child I need to be strategically placed between <laughs> toilets bars yeah. and sound desks <laughs> of gigs and I speak quite candidly on that so um when when they they released their final records this is your life Ooh, crikey June July maybe a little bit earlier 2016 and I had been in work um, I was at the Heath, I was at the University Hospital of Wales in Cardiff for, for a meeting. And I, I can remember something kind of popping up during a meeting on my phone about important news from Augustine's or some kind of tweet equivalent. I thought, oh, shit, don't tell me the drummer's left or something. Um, and I drove home and that was when I first opened it. And it said that the band, the, 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 the tour that they had been planning was their last. And they they had on that tour, which was announced pre-split up, they had a gig at Brixton Academy, um, which is five and a half, six thousand capacity from memory, might be a little bit more. Um, and just through their kind of fan sites and stuff, we just thought, let's just bloody send this out. This was a band who hadn't, they, they weren't quitting because somebody had fallen out with somebody else. They, they were, there was no kind of drama moments in here. They literally couldn't afford to keep doing what they loved doing. So there was myself and a group of others that just kind of what we wanted to make it as as enjoyable and as mm. celebratory as possible for the final tour. You know, they they should never have been ending their career in bloody Liverpool Academy on Halloween in 2016. But uh. you know, shit shit the bed, there we were. Um and you know that became visible, just some of the noise that we were creating. We got in touch with various um independent record stores who were great in, in sending out information and flyers and really trying to sell out as much as we, we could of that talk. And I remember being in a bar, I don't remember the name of it for obvious reasons, but I was in a <laughs> bar after that, after that last gig in Liverpool. And the band came back to that bar um, and we just got chatting. And I remember saying to, to Bill McCarthy, you know, he thanked me for, for everything that yeah. I and others had tried to do just to try and make that time a, a much more pleasant time than it mm. was um and I just it was just a, a passing remark and I said well you can find me on social media if there's anything I can do just give me a shout and it was four days later wow. that he got in touch with me and it, again just kind of thanked me and showed some appreciation of what we had tried to do and within maybe two days he had flown back to America and we were making plans for Patreon and how to launch his solo Amazing. career. Fantastic. And I work in the NHS. I don't do bands <laughs> and management and stuff like that. Um, but lo and behold, he, you know, he, I think what he saw was a passion and somebody who wasn't easily going to give up and wouldn't necessarily take no for an answer. Yeah. And yeah, that's where that little period of time started, but more so Amazing. how we managed to, maintain and sustain a bit of a living and an income for him to keep being an artist rather than what I will forever now declare as being the kind of wet leg route of going into painting and decorating <laughs> within 18 months or what, yeah. whatever his fate may have been. But yeah, it was completely random, Fran, honestly. It was a random Amazing. meet in a bar, me saying, give us a shout if you think I can do anything. And days later, exactly that happening. 
No, amazing. Well, first of all, Lisa, thank you. That's an amazing story. Um, and all of that, yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, we used to, when we started the podcast, a lot of the Why I Loves were about bands that had really affected us in that way. But obviously, we've been going for 50 odd episodes. We're running out of mm-hmm. bands that changed our life. So it's nice to hear a story like that again. Um, so thank you. Um, no problem. Who, who would you like to respond first? Who would you like to hear from? <laughs> oh, who hated them the least? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I'm. Matt, you're Matt. in New York. They started in New York. Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, I actually, despite the, despite the fact that I was quite obsessed with New York music and stuff from around this time, and then I ended up being here. Like I hadn't heard of them until you um, suggested them for one of the Twitter Twitter uh, tournaments. And okay. I, they're on our album of the Decade podcast, weren't they? Yeah. 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 And so we kind of dug into it at that point, and. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I, I, it has a lot of. Um, you're not going to like me for say, the the comparison I make, but <laughs> there's a lot of American rock at the time which I liked, like the Na- the National, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and and, and Walkman, um, yeah, who yeah, were yeah. like, I guess I'm assuming we were in similar circles. They were all mm-hmm. in New York, making similar kind of that alt rock vibe. Mm-hmm. and i i yeah I, I enjoyed it a lot um i really like his gritty voice specifically mm-hmm. it seems like he's it's about to burst at any point and break yeah 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 um and the, the track that you mentioned is the first one that you um heard juarez mm-hmm. um also is the track that that one that one is the one that really stands out to me it's just because it builds in such an amazing way and it's just mm-hmm. raucous and like you shared a video with us of them playing at the Music Hall of Williamsburg. Yeah. And you can see just how live they are, just this raucous band that get the crowd really, really going and yeah. just have their heart on their sleeve the entire time. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed, like, Hearing like because the only the only uh, stuff I'd really listen to is uh, "Rise You Sink and Sunken Ships," and mm-hmm. I think that still sticks out to me as like my favorite music of them. But the whole playlist mm-hmm. as a whole, it's like they definitely deserve a place in like whenever I want to listen to my like s- sad emo alt rock, <laughs> um, <laughs> they'll they'll be within that rotation for sure. But then it's the it's, uh, they were missing in that playlist, and they'll they'll have a, a place there. Um, Absolutely. Sk- next, next time I'll skip the national and go straight to them. I promise. <laughs> you, you, you know, you meant you mentioned the N word. Um, the other. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure if you noticed that one of the early EPs. It might have been all in time, actually, from episodes, which is on the playlist that was taken. That was released on Brassland. Um, so mm. there is a connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were in and like amongst each now, other. Oh, give up! Um, in the <laughs> early days, and I, I, I have heard that the the national were kind of daddy-funded posh school public school boys compared to the the kind of. I mean, I don't think there's any ref- doubt in that the national are those things. That's that's uh, fine. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but absolutely. Um, yeah, they they were they were as close as you kind of made the the reference to. But you know yeah. that record, Risey Sunken Ships. 
and I can't recommend the the film that Todd Howe made enough actually because the stories behind these groups and, I, and in a way I feel bad that I don't necessarily put as much energy into the stories behind other bands because there could be some equally as powerful stuff there but um Bill's youngest brother died um just before that album was really made and so much of those songs book of james for example that that's about his mm. brother philadelphia is about his brother okay. um that was somebody who he he loved and he felt a real anger towards the way that his brother's life ended so you know i, I don't say it lightly that there's some really grown-up stuff that's pumped that's pumped into this record this mm. isn't something that's written about a film that they saw or somebody else's experience. This is lived and breathed really mm -hmm. kind of gnarly stuff. So, yeah. And, and interestingly, uh, Matt, you mentioned the, the video that I sent and that, that one album from Paler Anytown Graffiti, that's not yeah. as available uh, digitally as some of the others. And I, I am denied about whether or not to include a live performance because I know the sound, the quality on that video is yeah. particularly <laughs> shit, even for the yeah. early noughties. But the energy coming from the performance and from the crowd is palpable. So I'm mm. I'm glad it wasn't completely falling flat with you. But um, nah, there's still nah, time sure. to go. <laughs> <laughs> what about so let's go to Sam? Sam, what did you think? Yeah, um, yeah, I like this a lot. Um, I think to, I don't have much to say Ed, that hasn't already been said, really. But I think the main thing is just that on record you can you can hear how good this must sound in a live setting. Like mm -hmm. it, it's almost like when you're listening to these songs, I can hear a de a dedicated fan base, like screaming mm -hmm. along to this, not singing, like hearing and saying every word. And that's, it's what you said about it being quite, uh, it's like raw, it's like a, a real lived in experience. Yeah. And that that's yeah, the yeah. feeling you get. You get that this is a this is a real person. Um mm -hmm. and I liked that aspect of it. I, I also really liked the drums. Um okay. I don't I feel like that's a weird thing to just pick out. Um no, no. but I've written it down. Um okay. and I just really yeah, I just thought there was this maybe it's the live quality of it where um it felt like kind of very immediate and um, satisfying. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a great one, a great playlist to have at the end. Thank you. Thank you. And the, the drummer on the Augustine stuff, Robert Allen, he's one of ours. He's a British man, Londoner, um, now lives in the U S but a different drummer to who was in, in Paler, Tommy Zovich, um, he ended his work with Eric and, and Bill towards the end of Paler and Rob Allen came in very late doors actually the Rise You Sunken Ships record wasn't recorded with him but he then toured the record and became part of the band and you know his his reflections on joining such a real band a kind of grown-up band with real problems real feelings real experiences comes through in his performance and he's outstanding um actually the last time i saw them in london in kentish town forum rob bought his they always used to include a, a cover version in their songs um some of which are on the, the record but they did a live cover of uh, guns of brixton and oh. 
Rob brought his dad on stage. It was his dad's 70th birthday and his dad had been taking hmm. drumming lessons, not realising yeah. that he was about to be brought up on stage <laughs> on his nice. 70th birthday on their kind of farewell <laughs> tour. And yeah, both Rob, his dad, and I think from memory, Tommy from Palick joined them on part of that tour as a Amazing. kind of farewell thing. Um, yeah, they were all going at it, which was wonderful. But he's an outstanding drummer. Really, really is. Thank yeah. you. The drums do stand out definitely, and I think it's not it's not a it's not a weird thing to pick out, Sam. I think it's um yeah. yeah. But I would just say, Lisa, like me and you, anyone listening, it's obvious that me and you spend a lot of time focusing on bands that we disagree about. <laughs> That's <laughs> mainly what we talk about. But actually, the reason that we know each other and the reason that we uh, are friends is is because of bands that we strongly agree on. Mm-hmm. Like we 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 got to know each other because of Fright and Rabbit, and that's why mm-hmm. that's sad. Um, and for me, Augustine's. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, Augustine's, <laughs> demonstrate plenty <laughs> of things in common with those two bands, the bands that yeah. you know we did connect over. I think the most obvious point of comparison is what's already been talked about quite a lot, is sort of the passionate, emotive performance of the songs, mm-hmm. the, the passion he puts into it. Um, yeah. You know, you can really feel how much he puts into every word. Um, there's also a real pain in the performance, and actually some of what you've talked about tells us why. Um, mm-hmm. it's really hard not to get drawn into that pain. But I think one thing we haven't talked about and and one thing that's not been mentioned is that, you know, there is all that pain and there is all that sort of emotion, but that some of the songs are really fucking catchy as well. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a catchy songwriter. Um, I think yeah. you've mentioned Juarez, Book of James, Augustine. I also think Headlong Into the Abyss. I think they're all sort mm-hmm. of real earworms. Like, they all stick with you. And I think that's that, for me, is always an achievement. It's something to mention for Adam Rabbit again, that they we're very good at, you know, to, to yes, write a song that's brutal and honest and sad and, and really, really harsh at the same time as, as being really addictive to listen to. Yeah. And I think that's something that Augustines really have. Um, I would say all of the songs that I've picked out are from that early era that we'd already kind of covered. And, and for me, mm-hmm. like, like Matt said, I do think that stuff stands out. Um, yeah. I think that that is, for me, it felt like I liked everything. Um, but it felt like there was one really exceptional album um, mm-hmm. and then lots of albums that weren't quite as good, but were still very good. Um, but obviously I haven't listened to those whole, whole albums, maybe in the context that would be different, but I really enjoyed getting a, the context of this, What which sounds like was actually a really short career. Um, uh, you know, in terms of the band, it sounds like it yeah. wasn't as long a career as it, as it could have been. But um, yeah. I definitely understand why somebody would have the emotional connection to this band that you have. Um, I think it's definitely the type of music that offers that connection. Um, and because we've mm-hmm. all been really nice for quite a while now, I'll just end <laughs> by saying that when we asked you on the podcast, I was worried you were going to make me listen to a playlist of Prince or Mogwai. So I'm glad that you chose something that is much more up my street and um, a bit more obscure as well. And like something that there will be listeners who've never heard of this band. Um, is that so you re- saying that I'm not invited back for chapter two and three? No, absolutely. As long as you, as long as you don't, as long as you don't do Prince. What? What? Oh, don't upset me. As long as you don't do Prince, you can come on as many times as you want. Um, I'm not into Prince, but no. On a serious note, I, I really, I really did. I do really like Augustine's. I, I um, when you when we had it on the album of the decade one, I, I loved the album, mm-hmm. and I haven't really listened again since, just because I constantly listen to new music. So it was good to remind me. And I really enjoyed it. So thank you. And thank you for sharing you everything welcome. you shared. Yeah. You are very welcome. And, you know, it's in 
I, I don't I don't hide. I'm not somebody who kind of hides a, a lot of personal experiences. I don't yeah. think it's necessarily healthy too. Um, yeah. But it was just, it really was just the timing of what I mm. was experiencing in that time and what they were, uh, unbeknownst to, to all of us, experiencing at that, that time and, and writing about and releasing. And the two just came together. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know how I would have felt about this record five years before or five years afterwards, but the, the timing yeah. of it was just perfect. And, you know, mentioning the, the Frightened Rabbit link, um, they toured with Frightened Rabbit. Oh, really? In, oh, 20, 2012, I think it was, in the US. It never quite made it over okay. here. That would have been a, a bit of I was of just a, about to say I may have uh, seen them live by, without knowing because I saw Frightened it, Rabbit no, in 2012. If, if, no, if, if, it, if it was the UK, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure, yeah. not sure no, my Manchester, emotions yeah. could have dealt with that yeah. double um, <laughs> yeah. that double bill. But, um, yeah, yeah, and, you know, Bill and Scott were, were, were close. They were friends as well. So there, there's a huge okay. connection there. But just the the maturity, the honesty, and the real kind of human-centric element of both of their lyrics and both of their performances, mm. it does just ring through to me. So thank you all for taking the time and to, to listen to Augustine's. Oh, thank you for bringing them to us, definitely. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, and thank you for coming on, Lisa. We're, we're wrapping up now. Um, okay. I hope, you, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope you get over the experience of the doors. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if I I'll, I'll go I get some carbs. Yeah, just listen to Augustine's again and you'll be all right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for coming on. You are welcome. Thanks. Thank you all for having me. And we will now briefly talk about next time. Um, so next time it'll be Matt. Matt, you'll be hosting, won't you? Yeah, I will be hosting. What are you bringing to us? And so for the classic, uh, next month, we're going to be doing Labor Days by Aesop Rock. And um, for the Why I Love, it's going to be the album Silent Shout by The Knife. Okay. Ooh. Are you a Knife fan, Lisa? I'm leaving it at ooh, and that's okay. what I'm going with. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard them, so I will strong, expand strong on that who pick. next time. Very strong pick. Okay. Good stuff. Sam, what are your what are your picks? So my picks are We by Arcade Fire and uh. Red Red Balloon by <laughs> Tank and the Bangers. Not giving away anything about my feelings on Arcade Fire, but if anyone's seen our Twitter or our website, they know how I feel about that band. So maybe this will be the album that changes everything. Um I am picking I don't know who needs to hear this by Tom Blin, and I think she's writing about the Arcade Fire album when she chose that title. Um, and I'm also picking Bob Villain with Bob Villain Presents the Price of Life. So that'll be, yeah, we'll see you in a month. And yeah, thanks again, Lisa. And You're goodbye, welcome. everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for having us. Bye-bye.